a lot of your images are going to just be found in search, not directly through like your portfolio. So it's just good to show like, this is what I can do. These are my skills. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Oh, I am so excited about this episode. One of my very first episodes of Take It Personally was with my friend Annie, and we talked about stock photography. And it continues to be one of the most popular episodes and one that I tend to refer people to. And today we're talking about stock photography as well with Aubrey Westland. And this is such a great continuation of the conversation that we had a couple of years ago. Um, We talk about different agency sites uh, than we talked about last time, uh, how to get started with stock photography, what some tips and tricks are, and how to do it in a way that feels really approachable and not like you've got another thing on your to-do list. What I learned in this conversation is that you can really take advantage of photos that you already have, work that you're already doing to make either a little or a lot of additional income with stock photography. So I think this conversation is just fantastic. And I'm really excited for you to listen in to my conversation with Aubrey Westland. Aubrey, thank you so much for joining me today on Take It Personally. Thank you. It's so great to be here. And I'm really excited for our conversation today. This is going to be a good one. And I would love to get started with you introducing yourself and telling us who you are and what you do. All right. Well, my name is Aubrey Westland, and I am mainly a business mentor and educator. I was a photographer for 10 years. So Now I teach a course on stock photography, which I'm sure we're going to get into today. Um, I help my clients establish passive income and multiple streams of income into their business. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the main, the gist of what I do these days is like education and then one-on-one sort of like consulting with other photographers and even other creative entrepreneurs, like designers, people, you know, kind of in the creative field who are creating some sort of digital content. So you talk a lot about passive income on your platform and specifically, it seems like you've really um, like doubled down when it comes to stock photography. And so I'm really curious, that's obviously the direction that we're going to take this call today, but I'm curious why stock photography, like, why is that something that you're so passionate about? I am passionate about stock photography because I feel like it is the absolute best form of passive income for photographers. I feel like it's such an easy uh, passive income stream to establish no matter what type of photographer you are. Like you probably have images on your hard drives, on your computer, just sitting there collecting dust. And so I like to encourage photographers, like get those up on an agency site and start earning money from them. Um, you know, it's like, it's something you've already spent the time to create and the opportunity is out there for you to continue earning from it. So I feel like it's sort of the industry of stock photography is sort of a mystery for a lot of people, right? So that's kind of why I'm like so passionate about getting it out there and educating people about it. Yeah. So what have you seen, whether it's from your business or people that you've worked with? 
what's possible with stock? Because I think, I mean, I've definitely heard this conversation before too. Like you've got, you've got the images, why not be smart Mm -hmm. with them? And I totally agree. But I think that a lot of people are kind of like, well, but how much time am I going to have to invest for me to like make, you know, what, $50 a month? Like Mm -hmm. what's, what's the possibility here that you kind of tell people when they're curious about stock photography? The possibility, well, stock photography is sort of a numbers game. So the more you put into it up front, the more you're going to earn from it every single month. My mentor, he earns like $7,000 a month. Now I'm not at that point, (laughs) but you know, you can definitely earn a couple thousand dollars a month. Like with, you know, if you put in a year of work, like, and when I say year of work, that's like maybe one day a month or one, you know, a couple of days a month working on this, like, I really like to encourage people to sort of build it into their workflow. So, you know, say I was shooting a wedding, I would mark all the photos from that wedding that I felt I could submit to my stock portfolio. And then after the wedding, I would submit those photos. And I just kind of try to keep up with it like that. Or say, you know, like maybe every couple months, I'll look at my personal photos and see what I have that I could submit. So it actually gets a lot easier after you go through the initial stage of, you know, going through your backlog of photos and kind of keeping up with, you know, what you're doing every month and what you have on hand that you can submit. I can totally see that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I can definitely see how like initially it's maybe really overwhelming, but then once you have a system in place, it's easier to stay on top of. Getting started is the hardest part. And then, you know, like five years in, six years in, I feel like I'm hardly putting any work into it. Like it's probably an hour a month tops and I can keep up with it like that. That's amazing. (laughs) So when you're talking about getting started, I think one of the first questions that people have is like, how do I get started? What does that process look like? Specifically, if I want to sell stock photos, how do I even go about selling them? What, um, what site do I put them on? I heard you earlier call it like an agency site. So is that the yes. terminology? Yes. So you would want to work through an agency. Um, I know a lot of people, they like the idea of selling their own stock photos. And you can do that eventually. Like eventually, if you work with an agency for a while and you know, you're selling a lot of photos, a company or a business, they might approach you directly to maybe license some of your photos. But for the most part, if you just let the agency take care of everything, like it's going to be the most passive form of income that you could build. So um, I actually have a free resource on my site called the Little Black Book of Stock Photo Agencies, because there are many, many agencies and different types of agencies out there. So I wanted to kind of compile it all into a free resource that photographers could access to kind of, you know, be able to compare and contrast the different agencies and then choose the one that they feel fits their style or, you know, that they just, maybe they feel more excited about working with one than another. So that resource is out there for anyone who, you know, would like a place to start. But um, most people have probably heard of agencies like Shutterstock, Getty, Adobe Stock. And then there are also some smaller agencies uh, like Offset, Stocksy has become a really popular one in recent years. And they all kind of cater to different styles and they have different price points. So it does help to do a little bit of research upfront before you decide on an agency to start working with. 
Awesome. I'm sure. We'll link, <laughs> we'll link but, to that and go ahead. Yeah, I'm sure there's more questions about that probably even from you, but um, yeah, that's just a good place to start is educating yourself on the differences between all the different agencies. That makes a lot of sense. I, so I'm curious, is there like a particular agency you, you mentioned that it kind of depends on the style of the photo, the stuff that you're shooting. Is there an agency that you like to work with? So the first agency that I started working with was offset and they are actually like the premium version of Shutterstock. Hmm. So pretty much anyone can sign up to Shutterstock and start submitting. Um, and then they created this you know, other side of their agency called Offset where they have like professional photographers and it's a bit more curated, you know, the work is more curated. And I feel like they kind of cater to that more like natural vibe, you know, the really, the more photojournalistic style, they have like, you know, very natural looking models. You know, it's like when we think of stock photography, you probably, your first thought is probably like, corporate men in suits, like looking really cheesy and <laughs> awkward. So um, there are a lot of new agencies popping up that are kind of trying to cater to a different style or, you know, have that more natural look that businesses can, you know, maybe use on their Instagram accounts that looks like, oh, this is like our family sort of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you have an agency that you work with, do you only work with one? Like, do you only upload your photos to one or is it like a best practice to have multiple? Yeah, that is a great question actually. And it can be part of your strategy. So it all depends on whether you have a, an exclusive contract with your agency or non-exclusive contract. So if you have an exclusive contract with them, that means that you won't submit the same photos to another agency. I actually don't have an exclusive contract with any of the agencies that I work with. And I really like that freedom because I feel like the stock world is changing so quickly. Like I feel every year there's a new agency or new opportunities. So I like being able to just kind of add on to my portfolio in that way. So I currently work with Offset, Adobe Stock, Photocase, and Wirestock. And Wirestock is actually an agency that sends my images to multiple agencies. Um, so I just feel like that just really increases my chances of making sales and getting my photos out to more people. Um, and then within that kind of strategy that I have, I have like other little strategies, like sometimes I only submit my best work to offset because it has a higher price point. So in a way I kind of think like, oh, I really like this set. And I feel like, you know, it could almost be, I could almost keep it exclusive for a little while to offset. And then, you know, maybe in a few years, I'll go back and resubmit it to other agencies. <laughs> so. That's like, that's a pretty complicated way of doing things. I have to keep a spreadsheet and really keep track of things. Um, it's not necessarily what I would recommend to everyone, but, you know, maybe the more you get into this and the further you get into it, you might want to adopt some strategies like that. Yeah, absolutely. So what does that application process look like? So if you were to apply to 
work with offset is, is there an application process? Like, can they say, no, we're not interested or what does that look like? Yeah. So offset and Stocksy are probably two of the hardest agencies to get accepted to. Usually you have to, like, I think with offset, you submit your website portfolio and then you could also submit like, say, if you don't have a website, you could just submit like a gallery of examples of your work to them. Um, or you could submit both. And I think with stock scene now, it's like you submit five images or 10 images, like your favorite images. And then you also can submit to them your, um, like your social media handles and your website and that sort of thing. So they just kind of like to get an idea of the type of work that you have to contribute. And I always say like, you know, try to show off what you can do. So if you have different abilities, different styles, like show that off because with stock, it's, you don't really have to um, narrow it down as much as you would say on like your photography website, right? Like a lot of your images are going to just be found in search, not directly through like your portfolio. So it's just good to show like, this is what I can do. These are my skills. This is the type of work I have in my portfolio. And um, yeah, and the other thing I like to tell my students, because it can, it can hurt when you get rejected by an agency, but a lot of times it's like, they're looking for something really specific, maybe to round off what they offer their clients. So maybe at some point they're like, well, we have a lot of family work right now and we're looking for, you know, maybe some edgier photographers to add to our portfolio. Or, you know, maybe they think like we're lacking in like the food photography realm. So we want to add some more food photographers, that sort of thing. So don't be too hard on yourself if you do get rejected. Um, if you really have your heart set on a specific agency, you can always reapply later down the road. And you could also ask them like maybe why they didn't see you as a good fit right now, because I've also had students who maybe they only showed their wedding photography website and they had like a ton of family and personal work, but the agency didn't see that. So they didn't think they were a good fit. And by asking and, you know, realizing that they hadn't really shown them everything they had to offer, they were able to actually go back and resubmit their application and get accepted. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't yeah. know that you would have like a, a communication to be able to say like, Hey, <laughs> how do I make this better? Yeah. Sometimes it's just like the email you receive that tells you whether or not you're accepted. You can just hit reply there and talk to an actual person. A lot of these agencies actually have a small team that review your photos. So it's actually pretty easy to get in contact with someone. And, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that they can ask questions, but you totally can. That's awesome. Okay. So you kind of touched a little bit on like what makes up a good portfolio. Um, I like that you touched on the diversity. That mm -hmm. you're right. Like that's kind of the opposite of what you hear in photography. Like everyone always talks about niching and how you want to be really specific, but on a yeah, you don't want to niche. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So what, when it comes to creating your portfolio, is there like a number of images that we should be shooting for? Yes. I always tell people to try to work towards having a thousand images in your portfolio before you 
expect to start making consistent income. Mm. Um, Like I said, it's kind of a numbers game. And if you give up too soon, you're just not going to see the results that you're looking for. So I always say just try to shoot for that 1000 image mark. Okay, good to know. This is the perfect like winter project being in a slower season. (laughs) I like it. I like yeah, it. it's this is that's how I got into it is I would just spend my, you know, off season months submitting all the work from the year before. Yeah. Uh, um, do you then we I guess we kind of talked about this. Do you then like keep adding? So you have your thousand portfolio, thousand photo portfolio. And then do you add to that? Do you take some of those photos out? Do you leave them forever? What does that look like? I am always adding to that, yes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm at right now. It's definitely over 3,000 on most of the agencies I work with. But yes, always keep adding. It actually seems to help me kind of boost my sales every time I add new photos because I feel like it kind of just kind of brings you up higher in the search results and kind of like helps, you know, in that algorithm that they have in the search. So even if I'm submitting new photos, I'll notice, oh, I sold a photo that I, you know, maybe shot five years ago or something like that. So definitely helps if you can keep adding new work. And do you think that it's like something where if you can do it monthly, that's really great? Do you need to do weekly? What does that look like? I try to do it monthly, at least once a month. Um, I'll just like put it in my calendar And I just try to stay consistent like that. But if you don't have the time to do it every month or like say you're, you know, right now it's December when we're talking and I'm sure a lot of photographers are like trying to finish up their family sessions and things like that. It's totally fine if you just have to put it off until January. Like the important thing is just getting it up there. So when you're going back and looking at photos from the previous year, or I'm, I'm even thinking like, gosh, I only shoot brand work now, but I have five years of wedding images just sitting on hard drives. Right. What does that process look like? Do I need like a special permission to be able to sell these photos? Uh, does the agency need a special permission? How do you navigate that? You might need either a model release or a property release. A lot of the photos that I submit, I I don't need those for. These days, I actually like to plan shoots specifically for stock. So in that case, I'll like, you know, make sure I'm hiring someone that's going to sign a model release for me. But if you're going through images, you know, from the past, like you said, weddings, you would probably want to start with, you know, like, photos of the table settings and the landscape and flowers. And like, those are really like, I call like low hanging fruit, you know, you don't have to ask for a model release or anything like that. And then from there, you know, it's pretty easy to ask like a friend or a family member to sign a model release for you. And if you, you know, you can get up the courage, like a lot of clients will say yes as well. It's actually I feel like a lot of people are are really nervous to go and ask their past clients for a model release. But the thing is, like, sometimes they're really excited, like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I could be, you know, on an advertisement or something. So I found that the majority of people are willing to sign a model release. And then when it comes to private property, that's when you would need a property release. But 
you don't need that for like if it's a public place or you know if you can't really identify where it's at even if it is on private property like say it's just a blank white wall right you wouldn't need a property release for something like that so that those are sense. the two big ones yeah okay so say you shot a wedding and you have like some really pretty kind of flat lay type photos like maybe it's not super identifiable but it's like a pretty makeup palette on like a vanity or something would you get a release or would you check with your client for something like that wouldn't know. Um, those are just, those are kind of generic images and, you know, it, it would depend on the contract you had with your client. Like if for some reason you had in your contract that they, you know, you couldn't use the photos for something else, but for the most part, like you own that copyright and even really big photographers that are doing shoots for brands, and larger companies like commercial type work, they will submit those images that are not purchased by the brand or the company to stock photography. So it's it's a pretty normal practice. Yeah. Very cool. It it is. It's a super normal practice (laughs) on the commercial side. I I love that the conversation Mm -hmm. is kind of moving to like the personal and lifestyle because it's a great avenue to make a little bit of extra money or a lot of extra money but a lot of photographers who aren't in the commercial space just don't know about it yet. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like taboo at first. It's like, is this really okay? Like this is their wedding, but you'd be surprised how many images, you know, are just kind of generic that you might've shot at a wedding or even like during a family session. And I think it helps if you are like more of a photojournalistic style photographer and you're like, capturing you know the whole day and not just those people that you're working with you'll find that you have a lot that you can work with with stock photography yeah and I think you're right I think that there would be a lot of clients who'd be like oh that's cool I I have a friend who sells stock photography and she'll often submit photos of her kids or of other people's kids and get the model releases from Mm -hmm. them or from parents and anytime that a photo is purchased and on like ABC news or whatever, people get so excited. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And like, especially, you know, as a photographer to have your work published in places like that is pretty exciting. Do you have any stories or cool places that your work has been featured because of stock photography? Well, Offset actually caters to a lot of magazines Mm, um, and like places you know, print. So I know I've had photos in like parents magazine. The the thing is like, they don't tell you when an image is purchased, they don't tell you where it's going. So it's kind of like, you can do like Google reverse image search and things like that and possibly find things online. I had like some friends, I had taken like Um, engagement photos for them so I had like a picture of their hands like with just their wedding rings and like a friend of theirs actually ended up spotting their hands like recognized them and sent it to them and they sent it to me so a lot of times it's just kind of like a treasure hunt to figure out where your images have ended up but luckily I haven't like had anything like super embarrassing you know like you always wonder like what if it ends up on like a Viagra ad or something like that right Luckily, nothing like that has ever happened. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yes, I, I've heard similar things from a, a girlfriend of mine 
it's typically like a friend of a friend sees it and it's like, wait, is this your kid or is this your husband? And right. That's Someone fun. will yeah. recognize them. <laughs> that's awesome. So that actually brings me to my next question. When people are looking to purchase stock photography, how are they finding your images? Are there things that we need to be aware of when we're uploading to make sure that they can find images that would be a good fit for what they're looking for? Yes. Great question. So when you upload your images to your agency, you'll then need to add keywords to every photo. Um, I actually do this in Lightroom and it's super quick and easy, but Mm -hmm. most agencies also have like special tools on their website to help you come up with good keywords. Uh, But always try to max out, like if they say you can have up to 50 keywords, definitely add up to 50 keywords. And a great website to help you come up with keywords is mykeyworder.com. So definitely max out those keywords because that's how your images are going to be found in search. And you'll also add a title or a description. And I like to kind of write that as like a long run on sentence. It's basically like if someone couldn't see what the photo looked like, like how would you describe it? And that is also going to help with your search. And a lot of people that, you know, just kind of sign up and get started without doing any research that part can be sort of tedious. So they just kind of like fly through and add the minimum amount, but that's really going to hurt your chances of earning. So you want to definitely max that out. Okay. Good to know. So when it comes to the types of photos that we should be uploading, we've talked a little bit about this and some of it, it sounds like it depends on the agency that you end up working with, what they're looking for. Um, But then beyond that, how do you know what people are are searching for? Is there like a trend report or something like that that you can (laughs) find? Definitely. I mean, there are trends, you know, like consider commercial holidays. Those are always going to be good categories for you to focus on. Anything with people, like that's also going to be like, no matter what they're doing, like, especially if you have like multiple people interacting in your photos, those are going to be great for stock photography. Um, Anything in like health and wellness, which like definitely encompasses a lot of things from food to exercise, you know, (laughs) all those different things, families. And um, I, I have on my website, it's, I think I haven't said it like $20, but I have like a, a digital magazine for every single season. And I've like done all the research to kind of like compile what you want to be uploading for every month. If you want to like take full advantage, like you can also just upload what you have and not worry about it. (laughs) But if you want to get really into this and build a portfolio that is guaranteed to make you sales every single month, then you want to think about like what's happening each month and try to upload images accordingly. A lot of the larger agencies like Shutterstock and Getty, like they have a blog and they do come out with like um, sometimes monthly articles. I know Shutterstock has like a big one that 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 comes out. I think it'll come out either at the end of December or January every single year. And that's kind of more of like the new upcoming trends. So they kind of let you know, like, these are the new things that companies are looking for that we just don't have a lot of um, 
representation for. So that's kind of another strategy is like, if you want to get on top of those trends and start shooting work that, you know, maybe isn't very oversaturated yet, that's another thing that you can do. So. Awesome. I, yeah. I, this is um, a little bit out of left field, but I was, I have a question that came to me while you were talking. When you are planning styled shoots, is it usually because there's some sort of a trend that you're wanting to jump on? Honestly, no. I like to think more long-term. So the things that I know are going to be sort of popular every year, every month. Um, so like right now I'm making sure that I'm just like, I'm just trying to basically like record the holidays and capture like, you know, like maybe if I wasn't doing stock photography, I would just be making Christmas cookies with my daughter. But now I, I like plan things out a little bit better. Like let's make sure that we're decorating the cookies you know, in the middle of the day when I have good light for shooting and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so I tend to focus more on like the holidays and, you know, like I mentioned, health and wellness, like those types of things that I know are going to be like trending in marketing every single year. That makes a lot so, of sense. That's yeah. more, uh, th that's more sustainable, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think like, if you're, if you're the type of photographer that is inspired by kind of like being on the cutting edge of trends and, um, you know, trying out new photography trends and that excites you, then maybe going in the other direction where you're kind of trying to be ahead of the trends and focus on the things that the agencies are putting out there basically saying they need more of, then that might be the way to go for you. I think it just kind of depends on like the type of photographer you are and what inspires you. Definitely. Oh, this is so helpful. This, <laughs> I, I feel like I've had a few different podcast guests lately where I get off of the call and I'm like, I want to do what we talk. Like I want to, yeah, I your wheels are turning. <laughs> yes, this is I so love cool. that. My business has changed a bit because I work with brands now. And so winter months are typically busy and I'm really thankful for that, mm -hmm. but it hasn't always been that way. You know, it used to be such right. a scramble in the winter months. And this is something that any photographer could do that could make a huge difference in what they're able to make during months that are notoriously slower. Absolutely. And I think you can kind of think of it as like another branch of your business. Like you have your clients and then you have your stock photography portfolio. And you can kind of be building them together at the same time. Absolutely. I, I think that your clients benefit too. You know, so many of my clients really love that editorial look. And often I get home after a shoot and I'm like, oh, I should have done this shot or I should have done that. Right. And <laughs> I can totally see how if I was more practiced with shooting that editorial type look for stock photography, my clients would also you know, get that benefit of their images looking a different way and looking a certain way. So I really, I like this idea um, of exploring kind of that new branch of your business. That's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said that because it's so true. Like the more you get into stock and start learning about the type of work that's going to sell, the more you're thinking about that and you show up to your shoots and like, 
yeah, you're just thinking a little bit differently, thinking how can I add more variety to this shoe? And then like you said, yeah, your clients are going to benefit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody wins. It's just, it's awesome. Such a good idea. Well, Aubrey, thank you so much for joining me today. I have one question that I sometimes ask and sometimes don't, but we didn't sure. talk a lot about personal branding today, um, which I often do on the podcast, but like we were talking about before I hit record, personal branding or the having this podcast be about personal branding gives me the freedom to talk about a lot of different topics. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as a stock photography portfolio um, and working on that part of your business can certainly help grow and establish your personal brand. So there's, they're definitely connected, even if it doesn't seem super directly. Right. <laughs> and I would love to know what personal branding means to you. Personal branding. Yeah. I mean, I, I have never, I don't feel like I've ever gotten this exact question about it, but I do love branding and I'm so passionate about like, if you are a business owner, like let's, get your personality into your brand, right? Because that is really what's going to attract your people. Like, we love to think that it's, you know, just the work that we do. But so much of why someone is looking to hire you or work with you is because they feel like they can connect with you. So, um, you know, if you, if you kind of do a little Google search for like stock photography, you're not going to find many people like me out there talking about it. It's a lot of like older men on YouTube that are a little bit grumpy. And, and I feel like I, you know, by just like being myself and putting my personality into everything that I do, like I'm attracting a new crowd of people. And, you know, a lot of them are women. And I feel like that's just because like, I love gardening and flowers and I am not afraid to like use girly colors in my branding because that's what I like. And then it's, it's great because I'm taking something, you know, that is like, has sort of been like a man's game, like a man's world. And now it's like bringing it to a group of people who I feel like can really benefit and can benefit actually the stock agency world. Like, having more, you know, I mean, like, I, I think I said this before, but like, when you think of stock photography, most people think of like, corporate men in suits and like really stiff, you know, <laughs> cheesy poses. And like, now, if you look at stock photography, there's just like, so much more variety and diversity. And I think that's just because like, the world is opening up and not just like people like me talking about it, but you also have like the agencies are pushing for more diversity, which just, you know, it, it makes the resource so much more valuable for everyone. So um, all that to say, like, just being yourself and being willing to put your personality into your branding is going to attract the people that you actually enjoy and want to work with. And, you know, maybe even like, open things up to them as well. So I hope that answers your question. This is like kind of off the cuff, but yeah, I, I just love that about personal branding and how like things have definitely changed in like the past five to 10 years and going more towards the personal side of branding. Yeah. I think you're spot on. I love your answer. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Where can everyone find you if they would like to connect? 
So I'm pretty much Aubrey Westland on every outlet, um, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and my website is aubreywestland.com. If you're looking for more free resources on stock photography, I definitely have those on my website. Um, I have a free Facebook group that you can um, join from my website or, you know, in my Instagram links. And that's just kind of a place where like I answer questions and I post resources and updates about stock photography. So if you're looking for free resources, I definitely have those. And then I also have my course Stock Photography Academy if you, you know, really want to jump in and get serious about this as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. This is great. I had a great time chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.